Hey everybody, it's me, Kevin Stevenson. You're on with, I don't care with, yeah, me, Kevin Stevenson. Uh, excited about our guest today. I, I've got somebody that like, you know, if you have any any questions around around oncology, developing a program, Lauren's your person. Uh, joining me today is Lauren Lawrence, the vice president for the Carmanos Cancer Network. Yeah, Lauren's already told me my Texas accent doesn't quite work with Carmanos. So, but it's the Carmanos Cancer Network, headquartered in Detroit. Lauren, welcome to I Don't Care. Thank you so much, Kevin. I'm so happy to be here and represent Carmanus Cancer Institute. So you say it so much better than I do. Uh, I'm just I, gonna, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah, I'll just point to you when I want to say Carmanos and you can say it for me. So that's great. So, so Carmanos is one of only 51 NCI designated comprehensive cancer centers. I know what that means. You know what that means. My audience may not. What does that mean? So the... NCI cancer programs actually um, began as a part of the National Cancer Act of 1971. And the NCI recognizes cancer centers who meet their rigorous um, research standards for transdisciplinary research, as well as cutting edge research. And in order to get a comprehensive designation, there's only 51 out of the 71 cancer centers in the United States that have that NCI designation. We have a whole different le level of breadth and depth of research. So we focus in four major categories and that's basic research, translational research, clinical research, and population science research. Okay, interesting. Well, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Tell, tell my audience a little bit about Carmanos and about you as well. So um, I received my Bachelor of Science in Allied Health from The Ohio State University and my MBA from Case Western Reserve University okay. in Cleveland, Ohio. My early years of my career spent in healthcare leadership positions in Northeast Ohio, including 11 years at the Cleveland Clinic and five years as the Executive Director for the Lake University Hospital Seidman Cancer Center. In 2013, I came to Carmanis as the executive director for the community-based programs. Mm -hmm. And in 2017, I was promoted to the vice president of the Carmanis Cancer Network. So Carmanis Cancer Institute serves as the cancer service line for the McLaren Health Corporation in Michigan, which is our parent company. So our headquarters, as you mentioned, is in Detroit, and that's where our teaching academic research and uh, inpatient hospital is located, as well as our ambulatory clinics. And then we have 16 locations total in the state of Michigan. We have 13 locations that are community-based programs in the McLaren network. Those are the programs that I have oversight and leadership for in uh, the Carmanis Cancer Institute. Okay. Would you like to, would you like to know what I do or? <laughs> I, I would love to know what you do because we had a little talk beforehand, and so I want to see what you do so I can do more of that. So please. So uh, in my role, I report um, to Justin Clameris, who is the president of the Carmanis Cancer Hospital and the Carmanis Cancer Network, and is also a very well-respected oncologist in the field. In my role, I have the oversight for the 13 of the 16 network programs, and I'm responsible for strategic initiatives, long-range goals, annual objectives, annual operating budget, 
as well as program development, new business development, improving market share, growing volumes, and physician recruitment. In addition to that, I am responsible for making sure that our patients in the network have access and have a great pipeline directly to our phase one clinical trials in Detroit, as well as our rare and complex surgeries, our bone marrow or stem cell transplants, and any second opinions that they may require. Okay, well, Lauren, you and I share a similar job description, uh, but, but mine also includes, as my boss likes to say, all the other stuff I don't wanna do. So uh, yeah, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from and, and you get about as much sleep as I do, I'm sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the NCI designation. Uh, yeah, sure. I know a big part of that is, is certainly the multidisciplinary approach to, to oncology. You know, how is that different from just standardized cancer care that you would get from a non-designated program? It's very different in that as you're all aware, Cancer is a very complex disease, and we've made so many advancements, in, particularly in the last 10 years in cancer treatment. There's so many options available now for treating specific cancer. So what it behooves us and the patient to have all the experts come together as a team and review their history, review their current pathology and radiology results, and really determine what stage of cancer they're at and determine from all these experts, collective knowledge and shared expertise, the best customized treatment plan for them. So for instance, a multidisciplinary team at Carmanis consists of a medical oncologist, a radiation oncologist, a surgical oncologist, a pathologist, a radiologist, oncology trained pharmacist, nurses, and genetic counselors. So as you can imagine, that's a lot of expertise coming yeah. together at one time to determine the best course of action for our patients. Now, why is that beneficial? That's really beneficial because it reduces the time from diagnosis to treatment if we get all the experts in the room and determine the best course of action for our patient. Mm -hmm. So by doing that, that builds our patient's confidence that they've got the best team working in favor of their best course of treatment and that improves their satisfaction. And by having a satisfied patient, you know what? They're going to have a better outlook while they're fighting for their, their life with this terrible diagnosis they've been given of cancer. Yeah. So, so does, that, does your level of treatment, uh, yeah, I, I think I know the answer to this question, but does it improve patient survival, you know, having that type of a multidisciplinary team? Yes, we, we believe that it does because, again, you're bringing all this the expert knowledge, state-of-the-art mm -hmm. knowledge together in one place, and we believe that this course of action extends the survival rate of our patients. We also offer patients in later stage of cancer the state-of-the-art clinical trials, right? So we have phase one trials that are very early development. What we're developing in our clinical trials now 10 years later is standard of care. So patients are getting access to cutting edge treatments that give them a longer chance of survival and a better quality of life, I might add. Okay. Now, are, are most of your physicians, are they employed by Carmanos? Or are they independent or you have a mixture of both? So we, 
we have a mixture of both. In the academic teaching institution, our, our physicians are employed by Wayne State University okay. and their physician group, and then they have contracts with us, as well as we employ directly some of our oncologists in, in Detroit. In the network, we in, employ the majority of our medical oncologists, but our radiation oncologists are under a professional services agreement. Okay. And then our typically in the network, our surgical oncologists are employed directly with our facilities. Okay. Yeah, I, that's something that, you know, coming down to, to Central Texas from Dallas-Fort Worth, there was just such a mixture of, of models, you know, you, from uh, UT Southwestern or, or wherever. But uh, I was just curious to know what, what works uh, for you guys. So, so, you know, how do you market your NCI designation? I mean, is that something that your patients are actively looking for? Uh, or is that just something, hey, you know, we have this, it shows our level of, of quality and our level of engagement, but the patient may not see that, you know, as a marketable difference. You tell me. So I believe that patients today are very savvy. You know, they have access to the internet. You can Google anything. And typically a patient will Google all the different cancer programs to see what they have to offer. So an NC designation is important to the patient. Um, I think that when you look at the NCI cancer centers, for instance, with the clinical trials that we have open to the tune of 400 on any given day, our patients, we advertise the fact that we offer clinical trials. Um, you can access the types of clinical trials we have um, from our advertising. So a patient can actually look up and see what's available. Mm -hmm. um, and in a given year, we actually have over 800 patients on clinical trials. Actually, in the last 15 years, Kevin, um, three out of the four new cancer drugs that have been developed, we've participated in the FDA approval process at Carmanis. So we, we go out there and we advertise this in digital media, in the newspapers, on television, radio spots, on talks that we give, um, continuing medical education events. Uh, we host those throughout the state of Michigan. We do community uh, outreach engagement activities. We have a whole division that goes out and does education of our underserved populations on the importance of getting screened and early prevention and you know, treatment and prevention of cancer. Um, we have populations in our network in Michigan that um, are rural, that um, are underserved because they're Native American or African American or LG. BTQ communities. So we do a lot of outreach work and we advertise all this. We have uh, patient action consults. So we actually have teams of people go out and meet with these communities and talk to them about the importance of getting your screenings, the importance of participating mm -hmm. in clinical trials should you get a diagnosis of cancer. Okay. Yeah, that's just fascinating. I had a, a, a one of my dearest friend's daughter went through a uh, a uh, clinical trial at UCSF many years ago. Uh, and she had what was then you know, thought of as a terminal diagnosis. And she just recently graduated from the greatest university on the planet, Baylor University here in Waco, Texas. And it was just amazing to, you know, to hear his family's you know, story going through that whole process. And you know, being in healthcare for as long as I have, I haven't spent a great deal of time 
uh, in and around the oncology service lines. My hospitals, that, that really was never just a huge emphasis. Uh, so I wasn't as familiar with that as I would be with like, you know, cardiovascular or whatever. Uh, so it was fascinating hearing about that. And of course, the, the outcome was, was better than anyone expected. So, you know, very, what- Very much so. You know, the advancements we've made with uh, uh, genetic sequencing and mo molecular technology and cellular therapies now and CAR T cell therapy. I mean, it's just amazing the opportunities that patients have to have their cancer um, treatment regimen just tailored to their specific gen genomic complex, right? What, yeah. what their makeup is. And, um, you know, when you asked about survival rates, when you look at metastatic cancer patients today mm -hmm. at, uh, for breast, they're surviving much longer and yeah. have a much better quality of life. That's true too for all the uh, um, screenings we do for try to identify lung nodules and follow mm -hmm. them with the patient. And you know, the sooner we can diagnose and treat a cancer patient, the better their chances are of survival. And that's happening in our NCI designated programs. Yeah, that's great. You mentioned lung nodules. We were the first hospital in the state of Texas last year to do a combined ION and Da Vinci procedure. Uh, and it was just tremendous. I mean, you know, people think sleepy little Waco, Texas, you don't do stuff like that. But, but you know, we're even getting on that cutting edge of, of a lot of uh, treatment as well. Hey, you brought something else up I'd love to talk further about is the whole, the whole genetic arena around oncology. You know, I'm so old. I remember back when the Human Genome Project was first being talked about. People are like, what the heck is this? Why, why would you even want to do that? And now we're basing so much of our, you know, so much of our treatment and, and our diagnosis around the genetics aspect. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys do there at Carmanos. We actually have a partnership with Keras and they are our molecular experts, right? So we send off slides immediately to Keras and they they put them into their database and they really compare that patient's genomic makeup to what's in their database mm -hmm. and see, oh, do we have anyone else that had a similar issue? Yeah. And here's what a recommended treatment regimen might be. Again, mm -hmm. a very targeted therapy. So we do this as a, a standard of practice now. We do molecular testing on almost everyone. Hmm. That's interesting. And then of course, you know, as you said, you know, building specific treatment protocols around somebody's gene sequencing is just yes. fascinating to me. You know, I've had some guests on before talking about, you know, the pharmaceuticals being specifically tailored for uh, individual patients. Yeah. Who would have thought we'd ever get to that? To that level, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In addition to that, you know, we have the state-of-the-art technology. We have a gamma knife. We have mm -hmm. proton therapy at our center. We have stereotactic radio surgery. You mm -hmm. know, it just—it's amazing the technology that's available to treat cancer patients today. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like we were saying, what used to be a death sentence now people are living long, very productive lives with that. So, so you know. A lot of people know the big names in cancer, and I'm not going to throw those out there because everybody knows about those. But how do newly diagnosed cancer patients find a hospital, you know, that that is either NCI designated or who who have this real comprehensive multidisciplinary approach close to their home? So nine times out of ten, 
We have found that patients rely on their primary care doctor for their advice mm -hmm. on where to get their, trans, their, their treatment for cancer. And of course, we have established relationships throughout the state of Michigan with all of our primary care markets, right? Mm -hmm. With all of our primary care docs in McLaren and outside of McLaren. And they know of our abilities. And again, we engage them at medical staff meetings. We do CME events for our primary care docs. So they're very aware of our NCI designation and all of our research and all of our state-of-the-art therapies that we have. So they're gonna, you're gonna advise their, um, uh, their patients to go to one of our facilities because honestly, Kevin, you can, you get the same multidisciplinary approach at any of our network sites as you do in Detroit. Now our multidisciplinary teams in Detroit are organized around disease sites such mm -hmm. as breast, lung, GI, GU, head and neck. Yeah. The, the MDTs, the multidisciplinary teams in the community-based programs are more um, aimed at general diagnoses. However, we have such an established network that our multidisciplinary teams in the network can connect with the multidisciplinary mm -hmm. team in Detroit for very complex cases and get additional information and different uh, additional opinions on how a patient should be treated in the network. But nonetheless, all of our patients have that multidisciplinary approach to their care plans. Okay. Well, you've kind of, you're helping lead me into to yet another question because I'm, I'm bound by, by market scale to always ask a COVID question. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, so, you know, and we've seen that here, here in Central Texas in our marketplace, and I know you have too, but, you know, people all across the map, you know, people delayed their care uh, and delayed diagnoses because of COVID because of a wide variety of different reasons. But particularly, you know, oncology patients that are highly immunocompromised, you know, they were being especially careful. So tell me a little bit about how Carmanos has, you know, made their way through, you know, through the pandemic as far as, you know, providing treatment, uh, support for your patients, things like that. Sure. So, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, our patients that were on active treatment continued to come into our facilities, especially if they were getting systemic chemotherapy or on radiation therapy. Um, we quickly pivoted to making sure that our patients knew we were doing everything possible to protect them, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, we did the screening at the doors, the requiring the masks, we cleared our lobbies, did social distancing, yeah. we, we reduced visitors to nothing. Um, we actually had to put clinical trials on hold for a while. We put on any kind of um, clinic appointments that were more surveillance or follow-up in nature. We, quickly pivoted to telehealth to service those patients. We did pause our screenings, the mammographies, our colorectal screenings, mm -hmm. our lung screenings. So all of that had an impact, but our patients that were on active treatment or that had a new diagnosis still came in, still got treated. And we, we did everything in our power to message to our patients and to our public that we are taking every precaution, mm -hmm. every measure possible and it is safe to continue to come in. And they did. It was just the more elective and the screening patients that paused. And of course, now we've got hesitancy now that we've opened back up our facilities mm -hmm. and we've seen an overall reduction in 17% on average of the screening 
screenings um, have not come back up. And so people are still on the sidelines waiting, mm -hmm. especially if they're unvaccinated. And now with the, the variants out there, um, you know, there's still that group that's hesitant, but we're doing everything we can to assure them that it's safe to come in and get your screenings because, you know, cancer doesn't wait for COVID. It, you get it, you, you know, you need to have it treated. And what we are seeing on the population that was hesitant, we are seeing patients showing up with a later stage of cancer, stage mm -hmm. three and four, which does limit their treatment options. However, because we have over 400 clinical trials open, this is an advantage to coming to an NCI center mm -hmm. when you have a later stage cancer because you have an opportunity to be put on a clinical trial for longer survival, better quality of life. Yeah, yeah, you've hit on all the all the points that I that I continue to hear, and and most of the things that we've done as well. Yeah, it's just been an interesting time, uh, and we're seeing the same thing across the board across all diagnoses. Is just people just delayed getting their care, and now they're coming in, you know, transitioning, you know, from from a chronic disease back into an acute state, and uh, it's been real. It, it's been frankly kind of sad to see you know, that, that people have allowed this to, to, to happen. So, so are you guys experiencing uh, surges right now as we are here in central Texas? You know, we're not. <laughs> well, we're not. we had the, we had the first surge. If you remember, Detroit was in the headlines for a long time. We were up uh, there with New York in the, in the initial phases. Of yeah. this, and then it went down and then we had another spike in summer and then in the fall yeah. And right now we're we're in a good place and so we're keeping our fingers crossed kevin good. yeah good. i hope i hope you guys stay there we've seen a bit of a surge here but obviously nothing like where we were in january we had a really late uh, a late surge here in central texas in january and february were our really tough months but you know we're seeing a little bit like you said a lot of you know the variants are coming in here and, and we're we're trying to find ways to deal with that so uh, well, you know, Lorna, in our last few minutes, I'd be remiss in, in not recognizing you as a recent recipient of Crane's 2020 Notable Women in Health. Congratulations. Thank you, Kevin. It was such an honor to have that award given to me. I was really touched and I was so happy to be able to represent Carmanis because I just love being part of the Carmanis leadership team. Everyone that I work with at Carmanis, it's really a calling. It's mm -hmm. more than being in a career or profession. Everybody is so dedicated to what we do and finding that cure for cancer. We, you know, our, our overall um, mission is um, and vision is to have a world free of cancer. And so everyone that comes in that works with us that is front and center every day to how we conduct ourselves and how we do business at Carmanis. Well, you know what, that's a phenomenal mission and just a, a phenomenal direction uh, that, that you guys are going in. I, I certainly hope that, uh, that you contribute to the eradication of cancer. You know, we're, we're all looking for that uh, for that day. So thanks so much. Hey, any other final words, Lauren, before we uh, sign off for today? Well, I just want to acknowledge Dr. Gerald Bepler, who is the president and CEO of the Carmanis Cancer Institute, and he is and does believe that we will have a world free of cancer one day. So, and he works tirelessly at it. He's a world-renowned researcher and clinician as well. So, thank you. It's been an honor to be here, and it's been 
great talking with you. And I'm happy to help out if you need any advice with your cancer program. No Boy, problem. I, I, I appreciate you saying that because yeah, that's probably going to happen. So with that, yeah, I, I just want to thank you again, Lauren Lawrence, the vice president at Carmanos Cancer Network in Detroit. I said it okay that time, I think. You did a great job, Kevin. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. You know, this, this you know, Texas accent doesn't go away easily. Uh, so with that, uh, you know, audience, uh, thanks again for being with me here on I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. You know how to find us. Uh, Fridays, uh, the episode drops at marketscale.com. If you miss our live version, just go to Spotify and iTunes and uh, I'll end the show like I always do. If you haven't subscribed to uh, I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson, uh, why not? So with that, we'll be talking again next week. Take care.